When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Pie catcher. A series of true stories of the unceasing search for enemy spies in water. Based on the memoirs of Lieutenant Colonel Oreste Pinto of the Allied Counterintelligence Service. This week's story is entitled Left Luggage. The part of Colonel Pinto is played by Bernard Arkin. In the early morning of September the 30th, 1940, a young man arrived on the platform of a railway station, a small wayside station on the northeast coast of Scotland, the station at Buckpool. He was an ordinary young man, aged about 30, medium height, pleasant appearance, he was wearing a raincoat and carrying a suitcase. The station was deserted except for a porter who was tearing up after the departure of the early morning train. It was a lonely job and the porter was a friendly, talkative man. A man who liked company. Morning, sir. Good morning. Not a very nice morning. Can I help you? Yes, please. I would like a ticket to Edinburgh. Edinburgh? Oh, I'm afraid you're a bit out of luck, sir. There won't be a train to Edinburgh now, not from here, not today. Oh, but how do I get to Edinburgh? Oh, well, now you'll have to go to Aberdeen to get the Edinburgh train. Then I would like a ticket to Aberdeen. Ah, that's what I mean by being out of luck, sir. The Aberdeen train's just gone. Not ten minutes ago. Now, if only it'd been a wee bit earlier... It, it is important that I should get to Edinburgh. Ah, Ah, well, now, yes, sir, there is a week. Let's see, eight o'clock now. You can get a bus into Bucky and get an Aberdeen train there and catch a connection to Edinburgh. Now, now, don't worry, sir. If you'll come with me, I'll show you where to get the bus. It was the first of a series of small misfortunes that could mean death. No train to Edinburgh, the Aberdeen train just gone, a talkative porter. Meanwhile, on the coast near Bakul, a coast guard and a fisherman were pulling a half-deflated rubber dinghy from the sea. Mm. Is it a nary dinghy, Jock? Yeah. It could be. Let's have a look. Here. Would you make of this, Jock? Yeah. German writing. A German pilot. I drowned, maybe. Pull the dinghy up here and let's have a good look at it. Pull the lucky in there. Right. 
It was a rubber dinghy with German markings. It could have drifted in from the North Sea, but because it was the routine of security, the Coast Guard made inquiries at local farms and at the railway station. No, I didn't hear a plane last night, nothing at all. But, but you know, it's a funny thing. There was a stranger here this early, a young lad. Was he, he was alone? Aye, he was alone. He was going to Edinburgh. I told him he just missed the Aberdeen train and he'd have to go to Bucky. He'd get a train to Aberdeen there and a connection to Edinburgh. And did he go to Bucky? Aye, I saw him to the bus. Can you describe him? Aye. Aye, he was a nice young lad. He was carrying a brown suitcase. He was about that. But the nice young lad had now disappeared. However, the small misfortunes followed him. At Edinburgh, he met another kindly porter. Excuse me. Yes, sir? Where do I get the train to London? London, sir. Oh, not until ten o'clock tonight. <laughs> You'll have a long time to wait, sir. Look, I'll take your bag to the left luggage. Oh, no, please. Oh, I'll take it, sir. Uh, just follow me. Uh, you can have something to eat over there, sir. If you're back by nine o'clock, you'll be sure of getting a seat. The suitcase was placed The young man tipped the porter tuppence the sights of Edinburgh and to wait for the ten o'clock train. Meantime, the story of the rubber dinghy and the heavy suitcase and a description of the young man was circulated and the Edinburgh police visited Waverley Station to question the staff. Oh, the Aberdeen train's cleared, sir. It, it came in half an hour ago. Were you on the platform when it came in? I did the top end of the train. We're trying to trace a passenger. A young man, about 30, medium height, wearing a raincoat, and carrying a brown suitcase. Uh, a heavy suitcase. It might be. Did you see anyone like that? I it was a damned heavy suitcase. He gave me tuppence. Hmm. Well, did you carry it for him? No. If it's the same man, the case is in the left luggage. Where's the man? Oh, I don't know, sir. Somewhere in the town. He'll be back for it at nine o'clock, sir. Well, let's see the suitcase. Right. Have you all come along with me, sir? This is the one, sir. Hmm, it's damp, isn't it? This feels like sand. Grains of sand. It could be the one. Open it, Sergeant. Yes, sir. There you are, sir. Right. Well, well, well. That's quite a sight, isn't it? Quite a sight. The heavy suitcase contained a small but powerful radio transmitter, spare batteries and valves, a set of headphones, a notebook with codes, about 200 pounds in British money, and, rather strangely, two circular discs, each with the letters of the alphabet inscribed around the circumference. When the young man returned for his suitcase, Inspector Menelies and his assistant were waiting for him. You are the owner of this case, sir? Uh, yes. May I see your registration card, sir? My, uh... Your identity card. Oh, yes. I have it here. Look out, sir! He's got a gun! <laughs> Thank you, sir. I'll take that, if you don't mind. And now, may I see your identity card, sir? Thank you. You are Werner Volte. Yes. You live in London? 
I am a Swiss citizen. I live at 23 Sussex Gardens in London. I see. I'm afraid I must ask you to come with me, sir. Within 24 hours, the young man was in my office, and on my desk was the suitcase, the revolver, his civilian identity card, and his passport. A Swiss passport. Your name, please. Dana Valley. Uh, this is your passport. You claim to be a Swiss subject. I am a Swiss citizen. Born? Zurich. On the evening of September the 30th, Mr. Valti, you were arrested at a railway station in Edinburgh by Inspector Merrilies of the Edinburgh City Police. What was the charge? Illegal entry into Britain. But this is wrong. I live in London. Hmm. This is your alien's identity card. Yes, you, you will see that I live in London. At 23 Sussex Garden. Yes. What were you doing in Scotland, Mr. Valti? I was there on business. Well, just a business trip. There should be no difficulty in checking that if you'll tell me who you were visiting. But uh, I have a report here from Scotland which suggests that you may be in serious trouble. And I must ask you some questions about it. It seems that on the morning of September the 30th, on the shore near Buckpool in Banffshire, a small rubber boat was found. And it was a German dinghy of the type launched from U-boats. About the same time that morning, you were seen at a small railway station two miles away, at Buckpool. You were going to Edinburgh. You were carrying this suitcase. You were arrested at Edinburgh, and in the suitcase was a radio transmitter, a Morse key, a code book, and these. Two circular discs. When arrested, you drew this revolver, fully loaded. What kind of business trip was this? Well, do you wish to deny that the suitcase belongs to you? Unless you can convince me that I'm wrong, I must assume that you entered this country illegally on September the 30th and that you're a German agent. Oh, oh I am not a German agent. I'm Swiss and I'm here on business. You live in London? Yes. Do you know London well? Tell me some of the places you know. Oh, Trafalgar Square, Piccadilly, Hyde Park, Victoria Station. Mm-hmm. Victoria Station. Where do you do your business, Mr. Valti? From my home. In Sussex Gardens? Yes. 23 Sussex Gardens. There's a railway station quite near you, isn't there? A large railway station. Will you name it? Victoria Station? No. No, uh, I do live there, but I'm not sure of these things. If you lived there, you'd be sure to know them. The station is Paddington... And now let's take a closer look at your alien's registration card. Do you see anything unusual about him? No. Now look at the figure one. It has a long tail. Now look at the figure seven. It has a small line across it. In Britain, we don't write figures that way. It's a forgery, isn't it? This is continental writing. Where was it filled in? In Germany? Well, I'm glad to see that you're not a liar, Mr. Valti. Lying doesn't come easily to you. Now, why don't you tell me the truth? If I tell you the truth, what will happen to me? Well, I can't answer that. But if you tell me the truth, it might help you. What is the punishment? For spying? Death. But I am not a spy. If I help tell you... Tell me your story. The wireless does not belong to me. It belongs to someone else. I can explain. Well, explain, please. I have been in London. I am a businessman. I deal in woolen goods. I had to go to Belgium to Antwerp on business. From where? Pardon? 
From where did you go to Belgium? From Switzerland, from, from Zurich. I was in Belgium when the Germans came. My customer, it was a Jewish firm, two brothers. They were afraid the Germans would arrest them. They asked that I should help them to escape to Switzerland. Yes? They were very worried. So I took them to Courtrai, two friends I have there. They will see them to Switzerland. I leave them there and I think they are safe, that they will soon be passed to my firm in Zurich, who will look after them. What happened? I do not know. They must have been arrested. When I returned to my hotel in Antwerp, the Gestapo have called. They were waiting for it? Yes. Your friends have betrayed you? They must have told what I had done. What did the Gestapo say that you'd done? They said I'd help the enemies of the Reich. But you're Swiss, a protected person, a neutral. What could they do to you? They said they could send me to Germany for trial. You say they were waiting for you to return? Yes. How many of them? Three. Three hmm. men. They were already searching my room and reading my papers. They asked me if I had other Jewish friends and if I had helped other Jews to escape. I said I had not. They kept me there for four hours, reading my papers and questioning me. What did they question you about? About Jewish friends and why I was in Belgium. I told them I was just a businessman. I was there to do business and I wanted to return to my country, to my own home. The Jewish? Yes. And what did they say? They wouldn't listen to me. They kept reading all my papers and asking questions. Then they arrested me and took me to prison. Was your embassy informed? No. They kept me in prison for four days. And all the time they questioned me and threatened me and always at the end they said I was an enemy of the Reich and I would be taken to Germany and executed. I was afraid. I said I was sorry for what I had done. They asked if I meant this. They said that my paper showed that I had been to England. They asked if I spoke English. I said yes. They said if I would help them, they would treat me well and could set me free. How were you to help them? They said that since I lived in London... I... Did they believe you lived in London? Well, they had my passport and my identity card and my letters and papers to prove this. Mr. Valti, we have already agreed that this identity card was forged by the Germans. Why, I'm sorry. I had to learn the story so well that now I forget what is true and what is not. I will try to remember the truth. Now, the Germans asked you to help them. What was this help to be? They said they would send me to London. I was to take this case and I was to give it to a man I would meet in London. Who is this man? I don't know. When I reached London, I was to go each day to Victoria Station, carrying the case. A man would meet me there, he would know the case, and he would have a password so that I would be sure. What was the password? He would say, I'm coming from Glasgow. That was the password. No more to follow. No, no, I said I wouldn't do it unless I knew what was in the case. Well, what did you think would be in the case? I thought there would be explosives in it for killing people. I'm afraid of explosives. I couldn't do that. I told them I couldn't do it. The Germans said it would not be explosives and it would not be dangerous, and I could inspect the case before I left. Did they let you examine the case? Yes. When? Before I left. You knew that it contained a radio transmitter? Yes. Well, now let's take these two circular discs. Did they tell you what they're for? Yes, sir. It's very ingenious. It's part of their code. Well, how do they work? Well, sir, there's the alphabet written around each one. One is smaller than the other. There's a small hole in the center of each. May I have them, sir, and I'll show you? Mm, of course, take them. 
Thank you. Uh, you, you put a pin through the center or matchstick. Uh, may, may I have a matchstick, please? Yes, of course. Thank you. Like this. The small disk then revolves. There is a code for each day, say, NL. You put the N of the large disk opposite the L of the small disk and then read off the code. If the code for the day is MG, you read it like this. Hmm. Thank you. And you were traveling to London to give the case and the code to a German agent? No, sir. I only agreed so that I could come to London. Then I was going to my embassy to tell them. I see. And when you examined the contents of the case, what happened then? They came for me one night and I was flown to Oslo, sir. There I met two other people who were coming to Britain. Two other German agents? I am not a German agent, sir. Who were the other two? A man and a woman. Names, please. I do not know their names. Go on. We stayed in Oslo for a week. Then one night we were told to stand by and be ready to leave in one hour. We were taken to an estuary and we boarded a seaplane. A seaplane? Yes, sir, a large seaplane. Who was on board? The man and the woman and a German intelligence officer. He explained... Do you have we... his name? No, sir. All right. What did the intelligence officer explain? He explained that we were flying to Scotland. The seaplane would come down two miles off the Scottish shore while it was still dark. There were two rubber dinghies in the seaplane, sir, a large one for the man and woman, and a small one for me. We would be landed at different parts of the shore. We would each have a compass, and we would row ashore. We had then to make certain to let the air out of our dinghies so that they would sink. This man and woman, did they have a case like this? Yes, sir. Where were they landed? About three miles from me. I think it would be uh, three miles. North of you or south? North. When we landed, the men and the woman went off first. Then the seaplane taxied for some time. It was not quite light. I couldn't see the shore. And when it stopped, I was put into the dinghy. I was given the case and the compass and told to row ashore. The tide was helping me, but when I got into the shallows, it was rough and the dinghy began to pitch. Water came over the side and the suitcase was soaked. But I managed to get onto the beach. I, I tried to sink the dinghy, but my hands were cold. I couldn't release the valve. It began to unscrew, and then it jammed. I twisted it and pulled it, but it, it wouldn't move. I was afraid to stay there any longer. I could hear some air hissing out, so I just pushed it out to see and hoped it would sink. But it didn't? No, sir. And you set off for London? Yes, sir. What were your orders when you reached London? I told you, sir, I was to go to Victoria Station and meet this man. How would you recognize him? He would know me. He would recognize the suitcase and use the password. Was this man to be in uniform? In allied uniform? No, sir. They gave me a description. He would be wearing a gray suit and he would have a scar on his forehead. And he'd recognize you by the fact that you were carrying the case. He'd approach you and give the password and you would hand over the case. Yes, sir. And then you were free? Yes, sir. Did you intend to do this? No, sir. I don't want to be mixed up in things like this. They thought I was going to be their courier. But I wanted only to come to London, to get away from them. I knew I would meet Swiss people in London. Hmm. Uh, thank you, Mr. Valtier. I think that's all we need to do today. I'll see you again later. I will help you in any way I can, sir. I'm sure you will. 
It was now clear that Werner Bauti was one of three enemy agents who landed on the Scottish coast that night. The search was already on for the other two, but for the moment I was dealing with Bauti. He'd said that he was only a courier, and he had to hand the transmitter and codes to a fourth person already in London. This man would go to Victoria Station, recognize Bauti by the suitcase, and give the password. I instructed one of my assistants to take the case to Victoria and to pose as Vauti. He was to carry the case until it was claimed. Come in. Well, any luck? No, sir. And it's rather heavy. I've been carrying it around for three days. No man in a grey suit? Oh, plenty of them, sir. But none with a scar on his forehead. None who came forward for this case. Anyone who might have been watching you? Only our own men, sir. All right. But try again. Just one more day, if your feet will stand it. Yes, sir. Come in. Fancy, sir. Please sit down. Cigarette? No, thank you. As I have told you, Mr. Valtteri, you are here because we believe you might be a German agent. I am not a German agent. Nevertheless, there are good reasons for the suspicion, and it's my duty to investigate. Yes, sir. Now, you say you had no intention of giving the suitcase to the man at Victoria Station. No. Well, what were you going to do with it? I was going to get rid of it in some way, sir. Hide it. Did it occur to you when you were rowing ashore in that rubber dinghy that there was an excellent chance to be rid of it? You could have dumped it overboard. I was afraid to do that, sir. They would be watching me. The Germans would be watching you? They went far away, sir. And they put two others ashore. Well, they'd also warned you to sink the dinghy. You weren't afraid about bungling that. I didn't know it wouldn't sink, sir. I'm sure you didn't. But let's return to the suitcase. When you arrived in Edinburgh, you had several hours to wait. You put the case in the left luggage. You could have left it there and come to London without it. I could have, sir, but I didn't think of that. So you returned to collect the case? Yes. And when the police approached you, you drew a revolver? I didn't mean to do that, sir, I swear. I put my hand in my pocket for my identity card and, and the revolver was there and I, I panicked. You tried to resist arrest? Yes, sir. And to some effect. The revolver was fully loaded, ready for action. I didn't know that, sir. They gave it to me like that. Why didn't you throw it away? I forgot I had it, sir. You told me that you are afraid of explosives. Now you say you forgot that you had this loaded revolver. I did forget, sir. It's a very heavy revolver. You still say you forgot you were carrying it? Yes, sir. I didn't know what I was doing. I was very worried. Very well. Let's see what else you had with you. 194 pounds in British pound notes. A compass. British ordnance map. An alien's registration card. A Swiss passport. And this coding device. Now, you say you're just a businessman. You deal in woolen goods. Yet you know how to work this coding device. Who taught you? The Germans? Yes, sir. Why? If you're only a courier, why should they tell you the secrets of their code? Why should you be taught to use this? What else did they teach you? To use the radio? No, sir. Why not? They didn't intend me to use it. Then why teach you their code? For what purpose? Were you to meet this man in a grey suit? Were you to teach him this? No, sir. Then why tell you? Why tell you that the code would one day be NL and another day MG? It doesn't make sense, does it? Now, perhaps it does explain why you tried to bring the case to London. Why you resisted arrest. 
Your pathetic lie about living in Sussex Garden. You've never been near the place. You are the spy. No, sir. I'm only a courier. I had to do it. They would have killed me. Bouty, we've carried your suitcase around Victoria Station for three days. No one has come and given the password. It's being carried there now. I know there's no man in a grey suit. That's another of your lies. You are the spy. No, sir, I am not. And I am Swiss. I demand to see my people. All right. But there's just one more question. You say you're a Swiss businessman. You say you got into this trouble during a business trip to Belgium. Yes, sir. If you travel from Switzerland, from Zurich to Belgium, why isn't your passport stamped? It would have been stamped by the Swiss authorities for entry into Belgium, wouldn't it? Why isn't it? There have been two any mistakes, haven't there? The dinghy you couldn't sink, landing you near the wrong station for the Edinburgh train, your story of being afraid of explosives, although you were carrying a loaded revolver, your story about being only a courier, although you were taught to use a secret coding device, German numerals on your identity card, your address in Sussex Gardens, although you never lived there, and lastly, a Swiss passport, which is not stamped for your entry into Belgium. Passport is a... Your story is a pack of lies. You are the spy, Valtteri. You came here to spy. And now I want the truth. Yes, sir. Werner Valtteri had come to spy. He was tried at the Central Criminal Court in June 1941 and sentenced to death. On August the 5th, 1941, he was executed at Wandsworth Prison. You've been listening to Spycatcher with Bernard Archard as Colonel Oreste Pinto. The script was written by Robert Barr and the program produced for the BBC by Charles Maxwell. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.